Merry Christmas, Good Story listeners. As we close out season four and look ahead to celebrating Christmas this week, I wanted to take a moment and think about Christmas and ask ourselves a question together. Does our wonder lead to worship? Does my wonder lead to worship? I wonder. A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. Last week, we talked about Christmas and we looked at a passage in scripture that's very familiar to many of us. In fact, it's the passage that's most often read when we're going to be talking about the Christmas story. My guess is, as you attend church this Christmas season, you'll be hearing a reading from the book of Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus, right? If you attend church over the Christmas season, you will likely hear that. If you gather around his family and friends before you tear into your presence or tear into your meal or tear around the house or whatever you're going to do. My guess is if you read scripture, you will pause and you will read from Luke chapter 2. If you watch the Charlie Brown's Christmas, you're going to hear reading from Luke chapter 2 because that's the most common one when we think about the Christmas story. Today, however, I want to take a look at Matthew chapter 1. And as we look at Matthew chapter 1, I'll start at verse 18 and I'll read into chapter 2 some as well. I want to ask ourselves, what question? Does our wonder lead to worship? If I was with you right now, I would even want you to repeat that after me. Does our wonder lead to to worship? (laughs) Except I'd want you to repeat it correctly and not do what I just did. But does it? We're going to ask that and we're going to see the various people, the various characters in this passage of scripture, and we'll see what their wonder did. Did it lead them to worship or not? Let's begin. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. But before I do, let me tell you why Matthew wrote his book. Matthew wrote his book primarily to a Jewish audience. That's who he wanted to read it. Matthew wrote his book primarily with the intent to show the people that Jesus was the Messiah. The Jewish people were waiting for a Messiah. That wasn't news to them. They knew the phrase Messiah was coming. They knew they were waiting for one who was going to come and save the people. They knew that there was a promised Messiah who was going to come and who was going to reign, who was going to reign over these people, who was going to be this wonderful counselor, mighty God. They knew that there was one that was going to be coming that would be the son of God and the son of man. They knew that this Messiah would come and they had in their mind what this Messiah would be like. They had in their mind that perhaps he would overthrow the government. They had in their mind that this one would come and rescue them from oppression that that would no longer be part of their existence. They had in their mind, even as the New Testament readers would be reading this, that maybe the Messiah would come and relieve them from the oppressive Roman rule of the day. And Matthew wanted to write and say, the Messiah has come. 
and his name is Jesus, and he did come to save his people, and let me tell you all about it. Before I get to the end, though, let me start at the beginning. And Matthew writes in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. Do you hear Matthew? Jesus the Messiah. This is how this birth came about. Mary was pledged to be married. Some versions say betrothed. We often think of it as like an engagement, but it was a little more serious than an engagement of our day today. They would be called husband and wife. They just would not have been joined together yet in marriage. But there would have been a contractual agreement as husband and wife as they were pledged to be married to one another. So Mary and Joseph are pledged to be married to each other, and Mary is found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. But Joseph doesn't know this right away. And he wonders. And you can't blame him. And he wonders what he's going to do. And he wants to do the right thing because that's the kind of guy that Joseph is. And we continue to read, and it says this, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, keep in mind, they weren't married as we think of it today, but because there was a break in the contract, we use the word divorce when we translate this passage of Scripture. He wanted to be faithful to the law, and the law said if you were pledged to be married to somebody and you find out that your wife has become pregnant by someone else, the thing that you need to do to follow the law is to divorce her. So Joseph wanted to follow the law, but he also didn't want to disgrace her publicly. So he had an idea. And when he wondered what he was going to do, he came up with this idea, and his idea was this. He had in his mind to divorce her, but do it, to do it quietly. But, Scripture goes on, after he had considered this, meaning after he had come to this conclusion, after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. An angel of the Lord is appearing to Joseph in a dream. Now, this isn't a dream like you and I might have after we've eaten too much pizza or when you wake up in the morning and then you, it's too early to get up and you fall back asleep and then you start dreaming. You just get to this REM sleep and this deep sleep and you dream that you're running around and you're like 20 feet tall or you dream that you forgot everything that you were supposed to bring to wherever it was that you were going or you dream that you don't have your pants on and it's super embarrassing. Isn't that kind? of a dream. Instead, it's more like a vision. And an angel of the Lord really does appear to Joseph. This is not a part of his imagination. This is something that really happened. And this angel of the Lord comes to Joseph in his dream, and he says to him, Joseph, son of David. So Joseph had no doubt. Who's this angel talking about? Who's this angel talking to? I mean, who is he talking to? He's talking to Joseph, son of David. Oh, yes, that's me, Joseph thinks. And then what does he say? Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Angels are always saying, do not be afraid, aren't they? That's how they begin. That's their big start. <laughs> do not be afraid. But what does he say? Do not be afraid to what? Take Mary home as your wife. 
because the angel goes on, what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. The angel tells Joseph, yes, she's pregnant, but she's been impregnated by the Holy Spirit. We looked at Mary, right, last week when she was told that this was going to happen. What did she say? Wait, how is this going to happen, though? (laughs) And we're like, yeah, that's a very good question. That is definitely one worth asking, Mary. And she has conceived, and the angel comes, and he tells Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because she has conceived. But this child that she has conceived is from the Holy Spirit. And then the angel goes on. He goes on with a big gender reveal, not with like a cupcake or a balloon or a note that you open or cannons shooting off or whatever. The angel knows what's going to happen because they know the reason for the birth of this child. And the angel goes on to say, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. The name Jesus, because what this name means is this. He will save his people from their sins. You, She will give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That's what the Messiah is coming to do. He is bringing salvation, but it might not be the kind of salvation you Jewish people, Matthew is saying as he's writing this book that you were thinking it was going to be. No, instead, this one who was going to come to save us was going to suffer for us. And we see it at the very beginning. We see Joseph wondering about Mary's pregnancy and the angel explaining to him what, it's, what it means. We see Joseph wondering, what is he going to do about it? And the angel tells him what it is he's supposed to do. So with this now, with this wondering that Joseph has, how does he respond? He responds in worship. All this took place, I'm continuing to read in verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. God with us. Forever God's intent, was it not? That God would be with us. God created a people. We've talked about this before. God created a people in the garden. He created a people so that what? They could worship him with who they are and what they do. God created people to live in relationship with them. And now God is coming to be with his people. God is taking on flesh. God is coming to earth as a baby, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, what did he do? Did his wonder lead to worship? It absolutely did. When we think about worship, we don't just think about breaking forth in song. When we think about worship, we don't just think about stopping and pausing and spending time in prayer. When we think about worship, we don't think about going into church, filing into the pew, sitting down, opening up our Bible and listening when somebody preaches the word. All of those are parts of that, but worship isn't just that. Worship is the way we live our lives. And when we live our lives in obedience to what God has called us to do, we live a life of worship. 
Romans 12 tells us that, that we can be living sacrifices. We can be walking in a way that honors God. And as we do what he calls us to do, we live a life of worship. Joseph wondered what he would do. The angel came and shared with him what he should do. And what did Joseph do? Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. While Joseph wondered, what could this be like? His wonder led to worship. Let's look now at chapter 2 of Matthew. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. This is not right when Jesus was born. Even though in my manger scene, what I have in my house, it has Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, and it has a cow and, and a camel and a pig. A pig is like, the pig I have in my manger scene is like incredibly large. I'm not sure why, but it is. It's like this great big pig. And then there's a camel and there's sheep and there's shepherds. And also I have the wise men, but they weren't there. They weren't there in that time and space. They came later. They came because they were following a sign. And these magi, these wise men from the east, came to Jerusalem and they asked. They wondered. They said, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. They saw the star. They knew the signs. They saw this sign in the sky and they came to worship. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them, hey, where the Messiah is supposed to be born? They responded, in Bethlehem, in Judea, because this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So they explained to Herod that this one was going to be born in Bethlehem. Then Herod hears this. He had wondered about this. He had wondered about, wait, where is this one supposed to be born? What did his people say? He's supposed to be born in Bethlehem in Judea. Now Herod hears this information. Now what is Herod going to do? Is he going to be led to worship? Let's see, verse 7, chapter 2. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. Can't you just picture that? Secret little meeting. King Herod, you calls in the Magi. Guys, guys, come here, come here. Okay, now just, okay, between you and me. Okay, like what time did the star appear? Like what's going on? So now how do you know for sure it's going to be at this time now? Tell me exactly, no, exactly when it appeared. And then he sends them off to Bethlehem. He said, okay, go. Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may too go and worship him. We see Herod say that's intent. his intent. He wonders where this baby is. And he says he wonders so that he can worship. We're going to see that that is not true. 
After they had heard the king, the Magi went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. They wondered where he was. They found him. Now I'm just speaking on my own here away from scripture. They wondered where he was when they found him. What did they do? They bowed down and they worshiped him because they knew what this sign meant. They knew he was the one that was promised, the one that was to come. And then they opened up their treasures back to scripture. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These royal gifts, these gifts you would only give to someone of great worth. And they worshiped, giving him the worth that he deserved. And then, after they had this time of worship, they were warned. They were warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. Instead, they returned to their country by another route. Why didn't they go back to Herod? Herod was somebody else who was wondering who this Jesus was. But when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. He said, get up. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Herod wanted to know where this Jesus was because he wanted to get rid of him because he did not want Jesus to come in and rule the people. Herod wanted to rule the people. Herod wanted to serve himself. Herod wanted to have the people's honor and the people's respect. And he was threatened by this one called Jesus. So when he wondered where Jesus was, did it lead to worship? Absolutely, it did not. It led to a selfish act where Herod made plans to not only kill Jesus, but I'm going to kill any baby born because I'm going to make sure that this gets done. The Magi never returned to Herod. When he found out that they didn't, it says in scripture, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. All this, again, in fulfillment of Scripture. So what about us? We have this opportunity to wonder, to wonder about Jesus, to wonder about this one who came to save, who came not only to be born in a manger, but to live a perfect life. Not only to live this perfect life, but to offer himself as the sacrifice for our sin. And not only to offer himself as a sacrifice for our sin, which he could do because he was perfect, but to be raised again from the dead because he could not stay dead because the wages of sin is death, but he did not sin. So he was raised to life and offers us salvation from our sin as well. This Messiah came, Matthew says to these people. Yes, he came. He came to save his people, but he came to save them from their sin. And Jesus offers the same gift to us this Christmas. Have we received it? And if we have, if you have received this gift of salvation, if you have placed your faith and trust in the fact that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was for your sin, not just the sins of the world, we can respond in worship. We can respond for in worship and in praise. And as we continue to wonder, as we continue to wonder about what God has planned for us, 
as we wonder what this next year will bring, as we wonder what Jesus meant when he says, I give you comfort, if we wonder if we're going to be able to meet some of our financial responsibilities, if we wonder if Jesus is enough to calm our heart and to quiet our fears, if we wonder if God is able to do more than I can ask or imagine, if we wonder if God can heal, if we wonder if God can keep our minds in peace as they are resting on Him, if we wonder this, let us let that lead us to worship Him and to walk in obedience, placing our faith and trust in Him, being grateful that years ago, God came as a baby and they named Him Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And may you experience the present of His presence in a fresh way this year. <laughs>